Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini, and this is a podcast for women over 40. (laughs) I frequently forget to say that part. People could land here, and it could be the Good Place podcast. Yeah, they could be like, exactly, because that is the same name. Um, Oh, and... Before today, it's just going to be the two of us. Uh, but before we want, before we get into it, um, I just wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping. We have an announcement this Thursday, September twenty third. I keep getting this date wrong. September twenty third at four thirty p.m. Eastern Time, seven thirty p.m. Pacific Time. I mean, seven thirty p.m. Pacific Time. 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We are doing a live event. And if you are a patron on our Patreon, we're sending out the Zoom link there. So join our Patreon. Join us in a live event. Um, everything is fine or is it? <laughs> and we're going to just be having a chat about all things this stage of life. Um, I'm really excited. Okay, quickly, I think that on the Patreon it says it's 7.30 Eastern Time. Isn't that what I just said? No, you said 4.30 Eastern. No, 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 you're right. Did, no, I, don't fl- listen I flipped to it me. over. Don't listen to me. <laughs> it's okay. I love you. It's I don't fine. know it's numbers. <laughs> I think maybe that is it. And I think I'm triggered because my child is really struggling with math right now. Mm-hmm. And yesterday I spent, yesterday was a day off, obviously, um, and Thursday. And I spent eight hours doing math homework yesterday. Oh, my God. And... It was, and it was like integers and like common denominators. And I just, just, I mean, that's not even the worst of it. I, the thing is, I don't, and fourth power to the power of, I don't even know what it was is the truth. That's just what I gleaned. Oh my <laughs> like, God. That's just, I mean, I, 
I've called Mathnasium like midway through and I was like, any appointments? <laughs> like I just need. <laughs> What's Mathnasium? Is that like, you know, math tutoring, <laughs> math gym? Yeah. It's like, like, and it's like, you know, supposed to be like a fun time. We're all doing math together. Cool times at math. <laughs> it's like a gym. And my kid, who's so cynical, was like, that's a stupid name. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it She's is. right. Yeah, totally. Um, but actually, this is a nice segue into what we think our episode is going to be centered on today. We got a couple of listener requests after we kind of touched on this lightly to have a conversation about whether or not to have kids and motherhood and all of it. And we're going to try to have an episode centered on that today. Let's see how it goes. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm excited and anxious to talk about this. It's, you know, obviously a really big topic for me. I feel like the not being a mother has shaped me in the same ways that being a mother, say, shaped my mother or any of my other friends who are mothers. And... I, I think a lot about, you know, what, what a life without children means. Yes, I, I, I can appreciate that and understand that. And I wonder if sort of starting early, like, did you, when you were in your 20s, did you think you wanted to have a kid? Always knew I wanted kids. From the time I, okay. from the time I was a teenager, I always knew I wanted kids. I always loved babies. Um... And then, you know, life just intervened. You know, in my early 30s, when I was still single, I investigated being a single mother by choice. There's an organization, I think, called Single Mothers by Choice that I got in touch with. And then, you know, I don't know, I met the person I married. And, you know, then things just, it just didn't happen in that marriage. And I thank God for that because I would not like to be co-parenting with my ex-husband. But um, after that, you know, I thought hard about it for many years after I got divorced. And I have friends who've done it on their own, and I admire them. And I think they've done phenomenal jobs, but I did not want to do it on my own. I I totally appreciate that. Um, I did not know I wanted to be a mother. And then I got pregnant when I was 21 by the manager at my work. And I was a total, I was a waitress, and he was like the manager And I was such a fuck up and had failed out of college. And I was like, okay, well, maybe this is the universe telling me to do something. So he said, he asked me to marry him. And he was like a big Catholic. And I don't know how this even happened to me, but I was so lost that I did marry him. And then I had a miscarriage at five months Mm. a week before our wedding. Jesus. Um, So... I think that what happened to me was I kind of never got over that, right. that, that aborted mission. And then in my 30s, similarly, I mean, I was, I was not, my husband did not want to have a kid. I was sort of like, oh, well, you know, what should I do? I want to stay with this guy, but I, 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 I think I want to have a baby, but maybe just one. And then I wound up, I wound up having a baby. And was that, was and that planned, Jen? Or were you, did you just get pregnant? It was an absolute accident. Um, it was an absolute accident. It was, 
like a one-time had not used protection on like a beach vacation. Mm-hmm. Like we were we were in Fire Island in accident and then I was like, oops, I'm pregnant. Now I had been to my gynecologist like the week before. I was 36, I think, and they were already starting to preach like advanced maternal age to me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they were like, well, if you do want to do this, you know, it's going to take like six months and... You know, then if it doesn't, it doesn't happen in six months, then you come in for a check, but you know, it's, it's, you know, it's harder to get pregnant now and they were doing all that shit. And so of course I was like, well, you know, I just didn't think it was going to happen. And then it just, it just did. And then, and then it never happened again. I never got pregnant again. And there weren't many mistakes again. Like it was just, you know, I, I even in my early forties thought I wanted to have another one and tried and just never got pregnant again. Right. So it was just like, okay. Um, because the thing is, once you have one baby, it's like, first off, the world is so fucked up about babies and moms is that they're just like, oh, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? You're going to have kids. You got to thinking about kids. You want to have kids. And then you pop one out and immediately, oh, you're going to have a second one. You're going to have a second one. When are you going to have a second <laughs> one? And everybody does yep. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's super fucking irritating. It is irritating, but so then there's like that, right? That decision to or not, maybe you did want them, maybe you didn't, it didn't happen, but then there's being in it. And I don't think people talk enough about what it's like to be in it because I think people are too guilty. Moms feel too guilty to talk about what it really is, which is not what it looks like on Instagram. You know, I will say one thing, and that is that I think the fact that I'm not a mother makes some of my female friends feel very comfortable talking to me extremely frankly about their feelings about motherhood. And they will say things I don't feel like they say to other mothers about regret, about having kids at all, about not bonding with their babies um, or their older children about feeling like they have really fragile relationships and, you know, thinking, you know, I have one friend tell me if she had to do it over again, she and her husband decided that they wouldn't have done it. Um, And that all gives me enormous pause, you know, and makes me think that maybe things really (laughs) did turn out okay (laughs) for me because I'm not living with that regret, which I think would be just so awful all around, most of all for the child. Well, it's just that it is a service job. Yep. It is a service job. It is a 20 year long, and I imagine even longer than that, but really an actively two decades of your life service job with pregnancy and everything else. And it's it's a very, I find it to be a very triggering experience at certain different ages like right now and this I think women I think moms parents get less support as I think you get a lot of support in the early years I think there's a lot of like commiseration and there's a lot of talk about you know diapers and sleep schedules and blah 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 Mm -hmm. right and there's like and you're putting it online and people are advising and there's mommy groups and all of that I think Then as the kid gets into adolescence and puberty, we feel like we have to be protective of the kid because they're they're a person now, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. 
So we, we protect their privacy and we don't talk about it as much. The discourse is not as great. The advice is not there. It's not as, as available. I mean, there's some out there, but it's pretty like rote. Mm-hmm. And if you are a person who did not have an excellent adolescence, which most of us are, and some of us had profoundly more difficult adolescence, it's really difficult to watch your child go through a really difficult time and then, you know, they don't have any frontal, their frontal lobe is not formed. So they're just all tornado, all dysregulation emotionally. And a lot of it is aimed at you. Yep. Yep. I, I think about that, you know, and I think about the other piece of that, about kids, you know, watching my child suffer, watching my child be bullied potentially, watching them, you know, be, you know, have friends be mean to them. And I just think that shit would have destroyed me. Like, I just think I would have had no skin at all if, as far as watching my child go through tough times. It's not easy. And it's very, it, what is easy is to, it is to get into a codependent relationship with your kid where you're absorbing their pain too much, where you're over-identifying with them, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do that. So you're constantly, your boundaries are constantly being tested because they need you to be present and to hold them. They really need to be the space to be held for them and be supported. But you can't reach in too much, but you can't reach in too little. And it is walking a tightrope, I find, and maybe other mothers feel differently. I find it's always walking a tightrope and it's always, it's always shifting too. Right. And it, it is, it, it's, it's really takes a lot out of you. And I'm not saying like, I understand as much as I can understand. I empathize with what it must feel like to feel you've missed an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You've missed an experience. Well, the experience, you know, the, the yes. thing that makes you human. In, I mean, that's, that's an overstatement. Um, but it's, it's a big, I remember I had a boss who was probably my, my age when I worked for her and I was about 29 and she never had kids. And I asked her, did you ever regret it? And she's like, yeah, it's like, that's the big life thing. I mean, I'm, she was okay with it, but she's like, sure, there's like a whole thing. And I think about the way I talk about this a lot, but the kind of reflexive selflessness you have when you're a parent, um, that you don't have if, if you're still the most important person in your life. I don't know if you have a reflexive selflessness. I think you're, you have a forced selflessness. Hmm. I don't know that it's reflexive ever, depending on who you are, depending on where you're at. Right. I think that you have no choice, so you do it. Yep. But... I think that, and it really depends on your kid. I mean, some people, it depends on what you get. And you can't, that's the thing. You have to, when you sign up to be a mom, you have to sign up for getting anything. And you don't really know what you got until they're about five. Right. Like in a lot of ways, you don't really know, like if you are going to have a neurodiverse kid, like I have, I have a, 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 I have a neurodiverse kid and that makes things more complicated. Health things obviously make things more complicated. Personalities, you know, 
I have a friend who has one child who's incredibly cynical, just a negative, negative kid, and one child who's incredibly sunny and easy. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get. But if you are a very emotional person and your spouse is a very, if you're like two creatives in a relationship, like, sorry, you're done. (laughs) Like, you're fucked. (laughs) It's kind of true, isn't it? I think so. I mean, and also there's lots of, I don't want to totally be negative because there's lots of great things and you see that your kid is going to be an amazing and interesting person once they get through childhood. Right. And it's just that you are shepherding them through childhood and trying not to fuck it up, trying not to put your own stuff on them too much, you know, trying not to make your experience theirs and really see them for who they are and see the situation for who it is, for what it is. And it's, it's amazing to have a really interesting and different kid, but it's also really challenging. What are, what are one or two or three things that have been amazing about being a mom that you hadn't anticipated or great or just good? I, really appreciate my kid makes me laugh and I make my kid laugh Mm -hmm. and that there's a real delight in that like we have we have a similar sense of humor and sometimes they'll just bust out like some sort of one-liner about something and I die Mm -hmm. and I can't believe it came from them right I mean I loved being a mom of I really enjoyed being a mom of an infant. I really enjoyed that a lot. And that's the other thing. You're not going to be good at all stages of it, right? I was really good at infant through toddler. I was not great at like three, four, five. I picked up again (laughs) in my my decentness as a parent. Um, I really loved eight. An eight-year-old is just delicious because they're such a kid and they're so innocent and they're so fun. An eight-year-old is just the most fun person because they're slightly independent, but they're not so independent that they're pushing, pushing boundaries all the time. And they just have so they're so weird and have so many weird interests and you can just sort of follow that around. And I think the other thing I really like is, the other thing that's unexpected to me is I've learned from motherhood, I've learned to really enjoy children generally. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I was a person who felt necessarily connected to children when I was in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And now because I, because of that, I can see the whole spectrum of, oh, you're dealing with this. Oh, it's a three-year-old. And oh, I see the the goodness in the three-year-old and the things that are annoying, you know, like that context is different Mm -hmm. when for at least for me, but I don't know if I couldn't have replicated that by being like a cool aunt. Well, it's fun to be the cool aunt. I will say that, you know, I have, I have great relationships with my nephews, but they are very decidedly not my children. Um, I don't, I'm not responsible for them. You know, when I was, when they were small, they would come have sleepovers with me. And then, you know, that was like very satisfying pretending, (laughs) but, um, but now that they're all teenagers, you know, they're just, they're off on their own things. So I'd be surprised if you got the full, the full compliment from being an aunt. Right. But maybe just the good part. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> always what they say. Like if you're an aunt or an uncle, you can always give the kids back when you're done with them. Um, right. It's, 
I don't know. I'm just one aunt. Maybe other aunts out there who don't have their own kids feel differently and feel like they have a very satisfying relationship. You know, I'm close to my nephews. I, they both, they all live near me. I see them. Um, but it is, it is quite different, I find. Well, right. And you are an aunt, and not to be so gendered, but you are an aunt to two brothers. And, right, yep. like to, to your two brothers have kids. I think... Sometimes I think it's different between sisters because your sister has that real like, oh, just take them. Yeah. Just, I don't care. Just take them. Just ta- do something with them. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I trust you implicitly. So just like here, let me just, you know, I feel like not that, not that your sisters in laws wouldn't do that, but I feel like there is something in that sister relationship mm-hmm. that I've seen. I've seen with other aunts and before my sister had kids, I really did lean on her quite a bit um, because she was single and and could deal with it, you know, when I couldn't. Yeah, you know, that actually makes me slightly unrelated, but it makes me think of a really poignant conversation I had with my mom when I was about 41 or 42. And um, we were taught we had never really spoken about the fact that kids didn't happen for me. And... Um, she was saying, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, having my, my grandchildren is wonderful, but there would have been something so much richer about my daughter having a child. And she wasn't saying it to upset me. I mean, we were having a very emotional right. conversation. We were both actually crying um, yeah. because it, I understood what she felt like she didn't get. And um, I could really get it. You know, I could totally understand that, why the bond from mother to daughter would be just that much stronger. Yeah, yeah, no, I I do get that. But, you know, at the same time, it also brings up a lot of issues and a lot of complications that are really painful. I know. I mean, in a lot of ways, you've dodged a lot of pain. A lot of pain, and I've saved a lot of money. You've saved a fuck ton of money. Because, I mean, that's because, just, yeah, they're yeah. the most expensive things in the world. They're the most expensive things in the world, but let's just, you know, money. Yes, they're the most expensive things in the world. I mean, and they're not as expensive, but like if you want to go on a trip, you always have to be like, oh, yes, I also have to pay for their plane ticket. Right. You know? <laughs> no. It's just like, no, let me double or triple this expense. I have totally, in some ways, I have dodged a bullet and... I, you know, I get to travel when I want to, I get to spend my resources where I want to spend them, you know, and I don't have to have any panic ever about where my child will go to school in New York City. That I find massive. Like, I went to so many dinner parties and heard so many conversations about private schools in New York that I feel like I can speak pretty intelligently about private schools in New York, <laughs> but it's so fucking boring. My God. It's so boring. It's so, so boring. It's deathly, deathly boring. And here's the other thing, which we haven't touched on yet. It fucks up your relationship. Mm. It fucks up your relationship because these conversations are boring. This shit is not sexy. Like this literal, the the beginning is just literal shit. (laughs) And it's years of shit. And I remember one time we were, we were potty training and we were potty training on the road because, you know, if you start potty training, then like you have to just keep going. And my child who is incredibly willful, um, was really refusing to be potty trained. And 
like the preschool teacher was like, I've never met a child who can be this articulate about why they will not be potty trained. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, so we were, this is the worst story. I can't believe I'm going to tell it. So we were, we were in Big Sur and we weren't going on a long hike. We were just kind of like walking around the grounds of this cabin where we were, but it was like far enough away. And I was holding, um, Charlotte because, um, she had gotten tired and we, uh, she just crapped all over me. Is the short story. Like all over me, just crap all over oh me. My and my husband looked at me and like people were around us and he just walked away. <laughs> he walked by I me. Mean, we were close enough to the cabin. He walked away and he had prepared the place for like a silkwood shower. Like I will say that. Like he had... But he kind of just looked at me in so much horror and he didn't know what to do. I think he dissociated. Like it was just like, it was such a horrifying experience. And it, it so anyway, so that's not sexy, right? Like it's just like, No, I know it kills, it, 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 you got to really work for it not to kill the passion. And I don't, but I don't actually know how you do that. I don't really know many people who do that in a non-contrived way. I mean, every expert you talk to if you're married is like, well, you know, you have to schedule sex. You have to schedule it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like put a calendar invite and the, yeah. you know, they'll say, yes, yes, put a <laughs> calendar invite. Come on. Yeah. Like let's, let's get real here. So, I mean, Years and years and years of negotiation and also meeting each other in the middle. Like, what do you think we should do about this? Do we need, do we need a math tutor? Do we need a therapist? Do you want to call for the, about the swim lessons? Do we, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, and you're, you're super lucky to have the resources to be able to do these things. Cause if you were in survival mode, all of this would be much more of a disaster and much more of a disaster for your kid. So all that you're, let me just lay that out. I know this is a super privileged position, but it's really hard to have met somebody in a context and loved them and be attracted to them in a context of being alone together and then adding another element that you are caretaking together, like a project you are doing together forever. Yeah. It is really challenging. And, you know, we make a lot of like everybody loves Raymond jokes about it. And we become like these like, uh-uh, you didn't put the toilet seat down. But really, it's just, it's just, it's not that. Because you, it's it's not even that I feel like I'm like become like a, a bitchy, naggy hag. It's just difficult to negotiate everything all the time. I'm sure. I feel like this episode is like, Kim feels bad she didn't have kids. Jen tells Kim not to feel bad she doesn't have kids. Well, I don't want to be like that because I also want to honor all of these feelings, but I want to talk about the reality of it. No, I you know I get it. Yeah. I get it. I see how it changes marriages. I see how it like changes people's priority. I mean, it should change people's priorities, obviously, but the way it can suck some of the life out of a life. You know, yeah. my college roommate showed me this photograph once, and it's of this baby breastfeeding. This you know, breastfeeding, and the mother is just lying back, and she looks like she's being consumed by a vampire. <laughs> you know, and I, I get that. 
Like, I get it as much as I possibly can. Um, but, you know, I mean, also, like, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable at this point with the fact that it hasn't happened. I'm as comfortable as I think I'll ever be. It will always be a hole, you know. Sometimes I think the hole's getting bigger, and sometimes I think the hole's getting smaller. Um, but I am a conscious of what I, of, um, number one, the fact that it was a choice for me, that it didn't just happen to me. And I think a lot of times I, I, for a long time, I thought of it as something that happened to me. And that, that takes me out of the dark place. I want to, I wonder if we should talk about regret because are there other things in your life that you regret? Um, I regret getting married to the person I married for sure. A hundred percent. Um, Sometimes I regret not leaving Lucky when it was on top, um, but not often. I feel like that played itself out the way it was going to. Um, I'd say my, my biggest regret is really getting married. I just, I made, a, I made a bad choice, not a bad person. He just was not the right person for me. Um, that's the big one. What about you? I think I regret my entire 20. <laughs> Just it was just a series of bad decisions. It was a series of bad decisions. I wish I would have gotten support and help because I was I really just I needed I needed something else. I, I was just running at everything very wild and really bad relationships that I think, you know, left me really depleted for a really long time just allowed myself to be in, in bad situations. Um, didn't, didn't really care about my own safety emotionally, physically, otherwise, you know, and just made bad decisions. You know, I'm thinking though, and I, I, I'm going to try to make this come out right. Like, um, your parent, you were raised, as you've said before, by teenagers and you were raised in a working class family where, what you decided you wanted to do with your life wasn't a logical next step. So you were really like, you were a self-made woman. You really did all that for yourself. And that, I think that probably just took a lot of your energy and focus. Yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. And thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, I do regret that. And then the other thing I regret is I think that I was not, I wish I would, uh, would have done more work on myself before I got married. Mm. I wish I would have just figured myself out a little bit more before I got married because I think that, again, like your 30s, there's just this goddamn pressure to just like check the goddamn boxes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I th- I wish that someone would have told me, hey, I think, I mean, nobody could have told me this because no one's in my head, but you know, there's another option here. And the other option is taking some time with yourself to sort out some of this stuff. Like, why are you drinking so much? Why are you, you know, why do you get angry all the time? Yeah. You know, like, but you know know what I think, Jen, I think like I started therapy at 30. I had therapy when I was younger. And, and, and then I started again as an adult at 30. And I went, you know, a couple times a week and I worked hard, but there was stuff that I wasn't going to get to because I simply wasn't old enough to get it yet. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. I mean, and then 
there are, you know, just going back to sort of overall regret, then there's another thing that's like, well, this is the life I had. And it was, has good parts and has bad parts, like everybody else in the world, you know? I, it's That's just what it is. You right? know, one of the best things I ever heard, ever heard somebody say was to not regret the life you didn't get, to not mourn the life you didn't get, you know? And that, to me, like, I have I have fucked up in this life, you know? I mean, I have, you know, I've... I've it hasn't always been an easy road, but, and, and I used to look at people whose lives looked like they were easier, who got married and stayed married and had kids and have houses upstate and whatever the fuck else. Um, but that's not, I just, one day when that person said that, I was like, oh yeah, like, it's just not the life I got. What a, what a, what a stupid thing to spin my wheels on. Or I won't say stupid because that's not positive self-talk. I will say like what a <laughs> what a what a unproductive thing, you know. Totally, because on the kid thing, I can really I could really spiral into a why didn't I have a second kid? I could really spiral into a lot of regret. I don't let myself do it because part of it makes me. I feel so bad for my kid not having a sibling. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Charlotte will say, oh, I am so glad I don't have a sibling. Oh my God, this is so great that I just get all of your attention to blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like relieved. But then every once in a while, she'll say, oh, I really wish I had a sister or brother. Mm. And it guts me because I know that there would have been benefits to that for her. But at what cost to you? At what cost to me? I don't think that... I mean, it just never happened. But also, I didn't force it because I didn't really know if I could have handled it. Right. And I feel really selfish about that. Because I wish that I could have doubled down and been like, yep, two of them. This We're just doing two, you know... Two sets of swim lessons and backpacks and lunches in the morning and everything else. And I... I didn't feel like I had it in me. I mean, I blamed it all on my husband, but it wasn't his fault. Like he was like, I don't want to do this, but I didn't want to do it was the truth. It was easier to blame him than it was to take accountability for that decision. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I feel like, you know, again, like what cost you, what would have happened if, you know, there were two kids when you knew in your gut that one was what you could handle. You know, I remember getting so frustrated by a woman at Lucky who was trying to get pregnant with her second child. She was crying and she was upset and she, you know, was on vacation and everyone was there with two and three kids and she just has her one. And I just wanted to fucking smack her and say, like, don't you get it? Like, I don't I don't even have the one, you know, I would give anything to have just one. And yet that's not fair of me either. Now let's take a quick break for some ads. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule, essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. Oh, here's some things I regret. Actually, I thought of other things I regret. Yes. I regret that I wasn't a better friend in my 20s and 30s um, to a lot of people. I think that um, I was like 
my career was going really well and there was this, you know, living in New York and being in publishing and, you know, you wanted, it was like all about hanging out with like your hot shot friends. And um, I think I like, I, I, I didn't do certain people very well. And I was even talking this morning to another friend about somebody who I cut out of my life. And we've talked about this before, but that's a regret. You know, I've cut people out of my life. And I think that, that people who say, you must cut out people and things that don't serve you are not looking at the whole picture. Right. No. And the thing is, well, I mean, that's a complicated thing. It's like, have you, have you, have you done the work in the relationship? Do you want to be in the relationship with the person? Have you done the work in the relationship? Have you told them? Have you been brave enough to have the conversations about what's not working about the relationship to give them that instead of just ghosting? Mm-hmm. Which I did a lot of ghosting too. Which you I ghosted wish I me. You used to ghost me. I know. I was thinking about that the other day. And I was thinking about... I know. I was thinking about that I actually stood you up. And I was thinking about how why I did that. And, you know you were a source of immense anxiety for me. I felt like I needed to show up to you and put on a show for you. And I don't know why that was totally in my head, Uh, but I, and anytime if you came to town and I felt like shit about myself, I felt like I couldn't see you because I wasn't going to present myself in the way I wanted to present myself. You know, that performance that I felt like I had to put on. What changed? fucking a lot of therapy. <laughs> like, but what changed was I started showing up as myself with you and being more just more authentic and more vulnerable and and I realized it was a safe space to be that and also just well, co- I've been in yes, go co- COVID also helped just COVID helped because we were communicating over Zoom, so that was easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there is that thing, and um there's that thing, and whenever we air our Ashley Ford episode, we talk to Ashley Ford about this a little bit. Um of the integration of the selves. I think that I had really had a uh, sort of compartmentalize my identities in some ways Mm -hmm. because I felt so shitty about myself that I had really compartmentalized and there was like one way I performed for like people who I knew professionally and one way I was with like this person you know and the sort of the the integration of all the selves is a is a mark of when you're starting to get healthy and you're really starting to heal up your mess. So I think that that's what's been happening to me in the last couple of years, but I'm sorry about that because it was shitty. No, you know what? It was okay because I knew that that's what you were doing. I mean, I didn't know that entire lengthy explanation, but I knew that it wasn't because you didn't like me. Um, and so somehow it was okay, but I was like, okay, so maybe Romelini and I'll be friends at some point and maybe we won't, but, um, you don't have to be sorry for that. Well, right. I mean, look, we, we've, we've, you know, we've been through it. We've like, we've, we've, we've been through it like over the years. So it is shown up for, we've shown up for each other in different ways for a really long time at this point. We almost know each other 20 years. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. We knew each other when we both still smoked cigarettes. 
I had this thought the other day where I was like remembering even like three years ago, having a couple of drinks and being desperate for a cigarette and like looking like, you know, when you start Mm -hmm, like, you know, mm -hmm. scanning who's smoking, smelling so you can bum. Yes. And I've, I had this thought. I was like, oh my God, I'm over it. I can't even conceive of bumming a cigarette from somebody. Can I tell you that we went up, Paul and I went up to Woodstock yesterday for the day. And we saw some of his friends and we stopped by um, to visit a friend of his who's opening up a repertory movie theater up there. And he was this really funny guy from up there. Um, What was his name? Like Andy the Animal, Animal Andy, something like that. But he pulled out a cigarette and Paul and I were both like, and we're never like that. I was just like, oh my God, that looks so good. Oh, wow. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I mean, I, cause you know, my father breathes out of a hole in his neck for the last year of his life. Like I just try to keep focused on that every time I'm tempted, but I, it had been year, it had been ages since I was really tempted. And I was just like, God, I don't know what it was. Yeah. I, I had a friend who was like in a real crisis this summer. Who's, who's my age, late forties. And um, I went up to visit her and she was, you know, drinking like you do um, when you're in a crisis mm-hmm. and smoking cigarettes. She had bought a pack of cigarettes and she had kind of gone back to smoking. And I was, and she was like, oh, you want one? And I was like, oh, why, you know, I'll, 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 I'll have a couple drags. And it did not, it did not work for me. I had like two drags and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. First time, first time in the 30 years that I smoked cigarettes. But that's so good. I know. I'm, I feel like, I mean, and the last 10 were like barely at all, but 20 years, I was like a pack a day smoker. So I'm, I, I, I can't believe that I've been released from that addiction. I, that thank, that's the, that is one good thing of COVID because I was still sort of like dappling, mm-hmm. you know, until, until COVID hit, I was still, if I traveled, I'd have a couple of cigarettes with somebody who was smoking. And I feel like it's like, ugh, no. One of the great injustices of life is that cigarettes are not good for you because they're really just fantastic crutches. Oh, it's just an amazing way to get through the day. And like, like, you know, different people's brains obviously work differently. And like nicotine is a drug that I, that really, really worked for me. It was Mm -hmm. a drug that just it was it was stimulating and relaxing at the same time it was good for my creativity it was it was good for anxiety for me it was a very good drug for me yeah but unfortunately and there's not really a delivery system the, all the delivery systems are gross i'm not wearing a patch for the rest of my life um you know i still i get nicotine lozenges all the time and i only have like four a day but you know helps but I agree. Oh, oh wow. Oh, well, good for you. I mean, good for you uh-huh. that you're getting the nicotine because the nicotine's great. The nicotine's <laughs> great, and I can't get a doctor, and maybe one of our listeners is a doctor who will say differently, but I cannot get a doctor to say that nicotine on its own is bad for you. Oh, well, you're blowing my mind up now. Like, I, no, it's true. I, I mean, I, you know, this is not, this is not, I mean, I feel like we're like having the anti-wellness episode. <laughs> Don't have kids. Take nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're at a 
drink. God. <laughs> it's hilarious. Love us anyway, listeners. Love us anyway. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your host. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it on the platforms. It really helps us gain audience. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at everythingisfinethepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join our Patreon, we are patreon.com backslash everythingisfine. You and, can find us. Oh, yes. And, and, and do join our Patreon so you can be part of the live event we're having on Thursday. That's right. The 23rd at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram at EIF Podcast. We're also on Twitter and on Facebook. And you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.